Hi there, welcome to Article 23, your podcast all about work. I'm James Hancock and I'm joined by Rhonda Brighton-Hall. Great to be here. And I'm also joined by Michael Brighton-Hall this week. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. And <laughs> equally great to be here too. <laughs> Out from behind this. <laughs> yeah. So we, we thought we'd bring a, cr- a little cross-section of the team in this week. We said we would follow up after releasing the Privilege Index over the last couple of weeks. We said we would talk about how hard it is, or, or seemingly how hard it is, to have a conversation about this one in the workplace. There's probably a few reasons to that. Let's start with, I guess, what we've found out about the Privilege Index so far. What are people telling us about it? Yeah, well, people are surprised yeah. by how much privilege they have. And yeah. I think yeah. that's one of our great takes from this is we, most people think they're in the middle. Yeah. Is all of us we're about the middle of society. Yeah. I'm in a fair, even average space. Yeah. And I've fought hard if I'm successful or I've worked hard. Yeah. But very few of us go, yeah, I'm pretty close to the top and feeling yeah. pretty good about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, right? It's interesting how people measure themselves on a range of things in the workplace. If you think of something like performance, people go, I'm absolutely killing it. Yeah. Smashing the lights out. Yeah. There's a real skew. On yeah, that one. that's absolutely true. Because we want to. Am I working hard? Yes. Yeah, am I working hard? Yes. Was I born 10 metres into the 100 metre track? No, 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 not at all. That's right. So it's interesting <laughs> to see those ones come through. What What are some of the things that we're worried about in privilege? Why do we think it's so hard to tackle as a topic? I, I think because it, it challenges people's identity. Yeah, that's and, right. And often it's an identity that they haven't really thought through. Yeah. Like if we just sit back for a minute and we go... You know, did I ever get home from work or school or whatever yep. as a kid and not have food on the table? Mm. And the vast majority of us would say no. But that's a certain degree of privilege to always have things provided for you that you don't have to think about, that you don't have to worry about, that you're not out working from a really young age yeah. and helping the family finances. That's quite a degree of privilege and we don't think of it like that. So yeah. I think we have this identity gap. Yeah. Where we just think we're all normal. Yeah. And I think that's right. And I think what has come through, particularly when people start asking about how their score is, what does it look like? What are the averages? All those sorts of things always come up. What we find is whatever the score is, it will remind you of that identity and some of the factors that probably go into it. And it's deeply emotive. So whether you score nothing, a one, a 10, it draws on that immediately. And that's why it's such a powerful kind of interesting concept. And probably why the conversation is so hard is nothing really that I can think of strikes an emotion like that in the workplace. Yeah, yeah no, it doesn't. Because yeah. quite often you're a product of your environment. So you're not seeing yourself as being having a differential, be it uh, higher or lower, yeah. than normally, than what your peers are or your peer group or your whatever your collective is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's much harder to see it until it's brought about by such a really cool yeah, index. That's such a great way to look at it. You actually don't realise you're in a bubble of people like you mm, yeah. until you're suddenly at work and people yeah. are from all over the shop and you go, wow, actually, I had a bubble view of the world. All my yeah. family were like me, thought like me, grew up like me. Sure. Yeah. And a whole bunch of people around me didn't. So that's actually, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. And that's probably a topic for another day. But one thing that's been coming up a little bit since is um, if we have people that are all the same, is that actually better for decision-making than, say, great diversity? And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a whole different kettle of fish, but it's That's, one that I'm hearing a lot. It's, it's a, a great, D&I question. It's right? a great yeah. debate. And yeah. the, there's two debates in that, isn't there? There's one is if we get everybody the same, homogenized values yeah. aligned perfectly, all mm-hmm. the same, mm-hmm. we'll go really fast. Because yeah. there's no dissension, there's no disagreement, we're all just on the same page. Yeah. 
But what we lose is the challenge to our thinking. That's right. You know, someone saying, hey, stop, stop right there. I've got a better idea or stop right yeah. there. My perspective is different from a different lived experience. And, and I think that's the real value of diversity. And a lot of the time when we're doing diversity, we're still stuck in a little bit of that way where we sort of go, um, I'll let you come in and I'll show you how we behave. I'll mentor you yeah, that's right. and tell you what behavior looks like <laughs> yeah, here. To be like us. To be like yeah. us. That's right. Yeah. As, as opposed to saying, it's really awesome that you're different than us because you've got a different perspective, a different idea, and we want to hear it. We need it in our circle of conversation, mm. in our circle of innovation, in our business. Yeah. Very, yeah. very different. I think it's very different. The other thing that I would say is there's a degree of pride in how we talk about our tribes or our bubble, people in our bubble. Yes. And so what you see is you'll see someone, you sit on LinkedIn all the time, people go, here I am giving advice to my kids. Yeah. Here I am, I'm proud of my husband, stroke wife, yeah, stroke right. sister, whatever it happens to be. Mm. And so we actually quite like doing that. Yep. And, and then when you suddenly go, all you're really doing is perpetuating a degree of privilege that you were born with, that your family was born with, and now you're passing it on intergenerationally. Yeah. And you're not realizing that there's a large part of the population who doesn't have that opportunity. Yeah. And so what we have found, and this is what you're alluding to before, James, is as we're talking about this conversation, we've had to think very deeply about how do you tap into someone's, because most people are good. And so if you can tap into, how do you make it a conversation they actually want to have? Yeah. And the only way to do that is to say, what usefulness is there in privilege? Yes. Not what benefit did you already get or how unfair you had it or anything yeah. like that, but what can you do with it? Yeah, yeah. It's not about trying to cut someone down for the privilege they've already been a benefactor of or something like that. No. It's about saying, what do you have right here? How yeah. do you lift someone else yeah. up? It's not like it's something you can go back in history, use a time machine and change. Yeah. It's not, that's not what we're saying. That's not what we want you to do no. but, yeah. at all. But on, but on privilege, is, can you change your rating, your score? Like you take the score today, can you, mm. is there something you can do to change your privilege? Yeah, there's a, cu- there's a couple of elements of privilege that are absolutely in your hands, although mm. not many. Right. Yeah, that's okay, right. Okay, so most of them are from the way, the position in society that you were born yeah. or lived um, but some of them are in your hands, like education certainly in your hands, to a degree. I mean, yep. we also know that there's a really high correlation between going to a sandstone university or whether or not your parents went to a sandstone university. Yeah. yeah. So there's a degree of that. Yeah, that's right. But pending that, there's also people who go to a sandstone university who just work their ass off, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> beat the privilege score they were born with and really do something pretty special. So yeah. it's beatable. It's just a little bit harder for you because you're in a, a swim lane with some choppy waves in it. As opposed to, or a road that was, you know, we saw that cartoon that Alicia drew for us. Yeah. The cartoon of the potholes in the road. and Yeah, right. You, know. you can still get to the end of the road. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, it's just going to be a different journey. Yep. A little bit of a manoeuvre, a bit more steering, as mm. opposed to an autobahn where you can just sort of put flat to 160 and go. 160? Yeah, okay. <laughs> 160 <laughs> miles, 180. right? <laughs> not, not any autobahn I've been on. But I, but I think one of the conversations you can have about privilege, because one element of privilege is um, English first language when you're growing up in, a, in an Anglo-Saxon Celtic family. So there are two elements that are in the privilege yes. index. Yep. And what's really interesting about them is when you get to people who've actually found a way around that, what they've said is, they didn't need someone to constantly push them. They just needed a break. Yes. A break. And so, you know, I listened to a, a wonderful presentation from Ming Long um, for AICD the other day, and she talked about that. She talked about the fact that someone's spotting her and saying, I'm going to back you to step up yeah. and do something different, yeah. a different opportunity, even though you're quite quiet or whatever it happens to be. 
um, that they had this stereotype of her. And she stepped into the role and made it her own and did it her own way. And she's gone on to do brilliant things and is one of those amazing people that lifts up other people so beautifully as well. Yeah. So that's a really good example mm. of someone using <clears throat> yeah. their privilege to lift up someone with less. Yeah. And they've absolutely taken that opportunity. Now she'll lift others up and we start to break a cycle, which I think is very exciting. Mm. So I think that anchor point of not being as super judgmental of what the score is, yes. knowing that where you're at, you can lift and have an open conversation on that is yes. really good. I think one of the things that we can do, and we do this with our clients, we also do this in and of ourselves when we're talking to someone new in particular, yes. is this idea, and obviously you need to put a little bit of criteria on it, but this idea of formal and real resume that yes. we don't talk about. Yes. True. And so for me, that's kind of where over time and when you get more comfortable and as you understand it better, and probably for me, after I did the privilege index for myself, is I noticed on the formal resume side, that doesn't shift. You want people to know what you've done. Yeah. But on the real resume side, I was a bit more open to probably some of the things that have informed whatever my privilege score is. Yeah. So some of the things that have probably given me points, but also some of the things where probably I haven't got points yeah. because of those things. I think that's pretty open. And if you could do that with your team, that's a great way to have the conversation. It is a great way. And I would, I would add into that because yeah. thinking, yeah. thinking about you specifically, mm. there's an element of if, you, if you're born with a little bit less privilege, yeah. you actually develop things that are quite unique, like any other yeah. aspect of lived experience or perspective or diversity. Yeah, that's and right. for example, resilience. Yes. So we know that people who've gone through some tough situations yeah. use the resilience muscle, as Julia Gillard <laughs> calls it, more <laughs> regularly and it becomes stronger. Yep. And so... People like that can give you a perspective when everybody else is going, oh gosh, it's getting really tough. Yeah. Um, people with good resilience can sort of go, no, we've got this. We, we can do this. I, I know because I've been through this before and I know that we can get over this big hurdle. Yeah, and I think right. that there's some, some benefits of less privilege which bring in a different perspective and idea into the conversation, which is really valuable. Yeah. Particularly because when you look out to society, being 9 out of 10 on privilege or 8 out of 10 on privilege is not normal. So the vast majority of most businesses, customers, clients, suppliers, yeah. everything, are actually not highly privileged. No. Yeah, so yeah. why would your leadership just be from that special group of people when you're really starting to get the diversity of society? Yeah, that's right. And I think one of the other things, obviously, we've looked at through the data, and it's an ever-growing data set, but is in Australia, we actually do have a pretty good privilege base, even when we're splitting between zero and 10. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, right? If we were to do that somewhere else in the world, we'd see a really different average score probably yeah. than we would in Australia. Uh, yeah. Some locations, you, you, you could get a really wide... Yeah, that's right. Go. Yeah. Well, and all of us have, have lived and worked in other countries and, and you do see you know, what we think is normal because we grew mm. up in Australian society is actually not normal. It's certainly not normal when we... Um, when working in South Africa, yep. not normal when you're working in Europe, not in normal when Asia. you're working in the States, in Asia, exactly. in China. I mean, they're all quite different. So mm. sort of understanding that as just one aspect of a person and what they might bring to the table. But I really think that the hub of it and what we are, we are absolutely finding that people are inherently good. And yeah, so if, right. you, if you believe that and you give people a really safe place to have this conversation where they can actually be inquisitive and curious as opposed to being defensive... Yep. Um, they'll take that opportunity. They're interested in other human beings, and we always are. And so what we've found in working in privilege is if we can open that conversation up so that people can genuinely be open and interested in others, 
um, they do. And they open up the conversation and say, wow, that's really interesting. Mm. And that curiosity and understanding of different perspectives and lived experiences then plays out to, wow, that's so different. I could learn a lot from that. I'm going to use my yeah. power, position, privilege, whatever you want to call it, because they often go together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to lift up other people who can actually bring a very different voice into the conversation. So privilege is actually an opportunity. Yeah. And it all comes from just, just the identification of your privilege. Yeah, it does. Awareness. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've given a few good hints in there about how to have the conversation. Great place to start um, is identifying what your privilege is having really open conversations and making a really safe space to have them and yeah. going in with the optimism that it's an opportunity going forward yeah. and yeah. that it will foster um, diversity, inclusion and belonging in the workplace. Do yeah. something good. Do something good with it. Mm. Use what you've got. Yeah. Awesome. What are we going to talk about next week? <laughs> well, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, normally, We've normally, got about four topics and yeah. we have to really narrow them down. So we'd love to hear from anybody if they've got a specific topic we'd love to yeah, speak nice. to. We might actually talk about the overwhelming role of being a middle manager at the moment. Yeah, I think that's good. We're hearing that a hearing, lot, aren't we? We're hearing it so often. We're hearing sort of things, that's one. We just noticed that yeah. these guys in the middle are crushed. Yeah. And we started writing about that with AICD about two years ago. Yeah. Um, the role of middle managers, how important they are to culture, how important they are to um, psychological safety, yeah. security, yeah. vulnerability, everything that's good in the culture. Yeah. And so if they're overwhelmed, that's a bad space. Yeah. So maybe we have a bit of a conversation about how we un-overwhelm the middle management or the, the people leaders is basically what yeah. they are. Sounds fantastic. Can't wait for that one. See everyone next week. Thanks for joining yeah. us, Michael. Oh, it's fun to have you. <laughs> thanks, Michael. Okay, thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.